2 Thessalonians 1, verses 5 through 12. This is the evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be considered worthy of the kingdom of God, for which you are also suffering. Since indeed God considers it just to repay with affliction those who afflict you, and to grant relief to you who are afflicted as well as to us, when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might when he comes on that day to be glorified with his saints. Sorry. When he comes on that day to be glorified in his saints and to be marveled at among all who have believed because our testimony to you was believed. To this end, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every word work of faith by his power so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, so, um, you know, have a, a great passage here that kind of gets into the second coming of Jesus, Yeah, which is always, you know, one of those, one of those hot topics. I actually hear a lot of, a lot of people around the church these days, you know, interested in the book of revelation. I went to a college group, a couple of weeks ago and that's just now starting out at Christ covenant. And, and that was one of the things that came up. We want to learn about revelation. Cause like, mm-hmm. you know, it's really weird. John is at one point is like eating a scroll and like doing these weird things and we just don't get it, you know? And yeah. so there's all this like mystery that enshrouds the, uh, the second coming of Jesus and all that. And obviously we have the kind of our evangelical history of, of, uh, you know, left behind series and different things like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. So, you know, uh, different things have kind of clouded this whole thing. But I, I think the message here that we're seeing related to the second coming is something that's actually repeated over and over uh, with mm-hmm. uh, in the book of Revelation. Yeah. Is basically that Jesus is going to come back and he's going to vindicate the righteous, vindicate mm-hmm. those who are sealed in Christ, and then he's going to punish the wicked. Uh, and, and so that's the main, that's the main theme. And that's something that we can, um, we can take comfort in. It's not necessarily like a, a drum that we go around beating. Like yeah. all of you are going to be punished. We're going to be vindicated. We, I mean, right now, before Jesus comes back, we, we need to be out living lives yeah. that are, that are telling the gospel and also speaking words that are telling the gospel because we want mm-hmm. to invite others to come into the kingdom as we have so graciously been brought into the kingdom ourselves. Absolutely. And so I, I think that's kind of what he's getting at with the, uh, with the second coming here. Yeah. Any, any thoughts on that? Yeah. I think this passage kind of underlines the partnership that we have as believers mm-hmm. with the Lord in our sanctification. And, you know, we, we get this language that Paul likes to use a lot of, being made worthy mm-hmm. for the the gospel or made worthy for the kingdom or, or the calling we've received. And, and this kind of yep. pops up in a lot of the epistles. 
And in this context, um, verses three to four kind of lets us in to know that the the Christian, the Thessalonian Christians are facing a lot of persecution and infliction, and they're enduring it with faithfulness and, and steadfastness. Mm-hmm. And this is a part of God making them worthy. And then what I really, this phrasing I love in, in verse 11, uh, that he make make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power. And so as Christians, we know we're called to these works of faith, these these good deeds, but they are fulfilled by God in his power. Right. And I think that's that's such a great framework to to work with is like, okay, I want to, you know, do these these works of faith, but they are also obsolete unless mm-hmm. they are accomplished by God. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's great. I think that's right. Um, you know, it's it's interesting talking about the second coming, mm-hmm. how in verse nine, it talks about how they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of gives a descriptor of what that eternal punishment, uh, eternal destruction is like. It says they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so the the presence of the Lord, this is a very interesting theme. Yeah, I mean, we can we're probably not going to have enough time on ODR to go down the wormhole <laughs> of hell and eternal yeah. destruction and what this is, what this looks like and what that's about. I do think it's a fascinating topic. It's obviously something that's all over scripture yeah, and particularly in the teaching yeah. of Jesus himself uh, talks about, talks about hell, but we do see here that it's away from the presence of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I think the message here for all of us is that we want to live in the presence of the Lord. The only way to get back to the presence of the Lord is through the the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Absolutely. Uh, So that is the way back to the presence of the Lord. And I always think of this in terms of Adam and Eve. You know, they were in the garden. They were in the presence of the Lord pre-fall. Their relationship, they enjoyed a very right and good relationship with God, their, their creator, and uh, and then they sin. And what was one of the first things that happened right after they sin? They were kicked out of the garden. Yeah. And so when they're kicked out of the garden, they are they are taken away from the presence of the Lord. I mean, exactly what this verse is saying. They're taken away from the presence of the Lord. Now, God did not destroy them immediately. I think there was a spiritual death that happened, but God sent them away nonetheless. Yeah. And the Bible is basically a story showing how Adam and Eve and their descendants can come back into the presence of the Lord. Yeah. And the way through that is is Jesus. Absolutely. Um and so and so here we see that like this eternal destruction is away from the presence of the Lord. We do not want to go into eternity either by death or by Jesus returning and knowing that we're going to be away from the presence of the Lord. So I think the message for us is is we want to be in the presence of the Lord, and the Lord has graciously provided us a way to come back to his presence, and it's through the blood of Jesus that he shed on the cross for us. Yeah, and I think also this passage, it it is a call to remain faithful and steadfast to these believers amidst their affliction, knowing that believers, when we are afflicted, we have the hope of eternity with God. 
and knowing that those who curse us and, and that the ultimate source of the curse that that Satan will be crushed under our feet, that the that our afflictions will be reversed. Right. And it, it reminds me of this passage I love, which is also um, by Paul in Second Corinthians four. We have this treasure in jars of clay to show the surpassing power belongs to God, mm. not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested mm. in us. That's great. Yeah. That's great. I was listening to uh, Matt Chandler's sermon recently on the book of Revelation. Mm -hmm. He did this this 12-week series on Revelation, and he was saying how, you know, God the Father and, like, God the Holy Spirit's not sitting up in heaven saying, oh, my gosh, like, I thought at least we had America, you know. We don't even have America now. You know, like, they're in this, they're in this, like, cosmic battle, and Mm. and they're playing, like, a game of risk or something. Uh, So that that is not what is happening. God has a plan, and sometimes the world looks like it's going to pot, but, Mm. but he, the story's been written, and we can, we can take, um, we can take confidence in the fact that, like, you know, we we will be vindicated in the end, and the, and the Lord mm. will come back, and all Jesus will, well. will make yeah. all things right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, for Will Carlisle, I'm Barrett Fisher. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.